0: This morning we want to begin something, uh, it's a new, a new year, it's a new month, and I want to look at a series that we'll do, we'll continue uh, next week, we're going to call this Better. And Better is about uh, opportunities for you and I to do exactly that. We see a way, we invite God to show us a way that enables us to to do life better that's what following jesus is he makes us uh better at life because of following him i want to share with you some teachings from um, the apostle paul today through scripture i want to ask you a big question and and that would be what are you holding on to that's holding you back think about that for a moment invite God to speak to you today because I I find that is true for me when I ask and he'll show us and a very, sometimes we, as we just did we pray for uh, a miracle that's something unseen something we need and God's able to do that and yet sometimes it's a much simpler process than that but God simply illuminates his word to us. God speaks to us and confirms for us by his spirit that, yes, this indeed is an area of your life that you need some help in. I have been uh, in, in a pastoral role since 1998, and I've discovered something about myself is that I haven't asked this question enough. Not only of myself, but of the people in the congregation. I've discovered that sometimes there are secrets that I don't know about. Secrets that perhaps uh, you have going on in your life. And when we don't ask this question and we don't allow God to do his work and, and I've seen things progress and secrets become revealed and become very embarrassing. Secrets lead to Revelation of marriage vows that have been broken, of secret relationships, and ending in disaster. And that's what I want us to look at today. You could be harboring a secret today, you could be hanging on to a habit today, and for you to be better in 2019. There may be something that you need to address, something that you need to let go of that's holding you back, and those things are not always easy, especially if it's something that's bringing pleasure to our lives. We we tend to really like pleasure in our lives, and sometimes that pleasure is leading us down a path to destruction. Paul addresses that in Romans chapter 6. And he's writing here and in, in writing to folks. And he, as he's writing, he, it's interesting how he begins to transition. And I imagine him just riding along and he's, he's cruising along as he's addressing these folks and imagining who would be reading this. And yet he, he gets to the point, he says, well, don't you know, this is Romans chapter 6 and verse 16, don't you know? Because he's starting to wonder, I'm talking about this, and then I, now I wonder, do they actually know what I'm talking about here? Because maybe they don't. So let, let's let the audience, let's let the reader catch up a bit. And Don't you know that when you offer yourselves to someone as obedient slaves, you're slaves of the one you obey? Now, writing to an audience in Rome that would have known what it was to uh, have a slave or perhaps even been a slave or to have slaves, or they certainly have seen the marketplace in Rome where there are slaves from literally all over the world in that marketplace. They, they know what this is to be a slave and, and then to offer themselves as an obedient, in an obedience. And you're slaves of the one that you obey. Whether you are slaves to sin, which leads to death, or to obedience, which would be to God, which leads to righteousness. But thanks be to God that though you used to be slaves to sin, you have come to obey from your heart the pattern of teaching that has now claimed your allegiance. I want to pick up again in verse 16. And he says, whether you are slaves to sin, which leads to death. I want to give you a definition for sin today. Because sometimes we get it very convoluted. We try to make it complicated. And I want to uncomplicate it for you. Because as Jesus gives us some direction and gives us a new covenant, sin could be what is bad for me and bad for you. Because uh, God so loved the world that He gave. He gave His Son. He loved the world. And so I'm included in that world and so are all of you that are here today. And so when when there's an activity in my life, when there's uh, behavior in my life that is bad for me, then that could be sin. And likewise, if there's behavior in me that affects the rest of the world, affects the use out here today, then that's also sin. It really simplifies things. It, it, it's not that it's easy, but it's simple. No longer 600-some laws, but it is loving others because we've first been loved. And then if I'm loving others, then I'm conscious then of my behavior and what effect that might have on other people. I love, and hopefully you love, because we are loved. We, once we discover that we are loved, then we want to pass that on and we want to see the kingdom of God expand. We want to see others come into a relationship with Christ. And so we love. So he says that we're slaves to sin, which leads to death. It, it kills, and I mentioned some ways that sin kills. It kills um, because there are secrets. If you're here today and you're harboring some secret that you would be terribly embarrassed about, if your children knew, or if your spouse knew, if your friends knew, sin. Kills, it leads to death. Sin can kill careers. You know, as we, we practice something, we, 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 we know that it's wrong, and and yet it leads and eventually is exposed and, and leads to the end of a career. We see that often. You, you don't have to look very long in the news today to see that happening. There are sin, it kills, it leads to death. It could be our own health because we we just... Don't take care of this temple. We just see our health destroyed because we continue on a path that leads to high blood pressure and damage to our being, and and so sin and bad things, it leads to a destruction of our own health. I've seen it in the area of finances. You know, we continue a path that is wrong, is deceptive. And we're trying to avoid, and, and yet it leads us to a path that just uh, we're overspending, and, and so we, we come to a point that we're, uh, our finances are out of control, and, and it leads to a terrible situation. I would further add, and probably this is a big one is that sin and I <clears throat> battling sin or having sin rest upon us, It it steals our peace. You laid in bed at night and wondered, you know, what, what the next day will bring. You're worried. Your peace is gone because you're harboring something, you're walking in something, and, and the Spirit of God has revealed to you that it is wrong and that it is sin, that it is hurting you, that it is hurting others, that He has created. And so you walk in this and you, it steals your peace which affects your health. And all these things become this circle. And I say to you often, I try to, that this is what makes this gathering a church today. This is what makes this different than just, it's not some social gathering. It's not a club. This is real spiritual environment and element where we depend upon a trinity That includes the Spirit of God that would move among us today. And in spite of what I may be saying, may be speaking to you about something totally different. But to reveal to you and say yes. You hear that? This is addressing what you're working through right now. You're asking for my blessing and yet I'm asking you to address this thing that you need to let go of. And not hold on to. Or there's obedience. Obedience. Obedience, which leads to righteousness. Obedience, many times, is doing that thing that is difficult to do. It's hard. We've got to speak the truth in love and and walk in that kind of obedience. We've got to be disciplined in in the area of finance so we don't bring a disaster. And so we're... Walking in obedience as God gives wisdom, as God gives counsel, as God gives the ability to apply His Word to our lives, and and we choose between a path of sin or we choose to be a slave to obedience. And Paul's telling us we're going to choose one or the other. Sin kills, obedience makes things right. Sin kills, and obedience makes things right it comes down to that kind of a path. You see yourself as you're uh, trying to follow Jesus, as he's trying to bring instruction to your life, and then you and I are choosing which path are we going to follow. And Paul makes it very simple, where the paths lead. He asks again, and I'll ask you if you're following along or making a note, to turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 6, in verse 19, and Paul again through scripture he, he's writing to the church at Corinth and he he begins uh, to catch himself and he's, as he's writing he says well do you not know? Do you not know? Because I'm thinking you know this but l- let's just make sure that we're on the same page here. Do you not know that your bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit who is in you? Now the audience here they They would read this. They would not automatically get this. Maybe you've been hearing this since you were a little one in in Sunday school or something. But this audience would not immediately identify with that. They would think, wait a minute, wait a minute, my body is not a temple. Uh, See, we've come from a pagan environment, and we know what the temple is, and that would be the place where uh, our little God would, would come to earth in the thinking of that pagan temple Or maybe they're familiar with the the temple in Jerusalem and they they see that as as sacred. And then Paul's writing and telling them that their bodies are yet the temple. See, this would be something new and a new teaching, but because it's the Holy Spirit who is in you. How about that for a minute? Not... I'm talking to you about your bodies being a temple, not because of your behavior, but because of what God has done in you and because the Holy Spirit abides in you. I shared with you, and I'm going to use this again, I I shared this with you a few weeks ago, but I want this to hopefully illustrate what we're talking about in in terms of, of what it could be that we're holding on to and in contrast to what Paul's writing here about the temples. But I I gave to you a list, not all-inclusive. I may have left you out. It was not intentional. But a list that, what, what do you call a group of people that are lying, they're cheating, they're greedy, they're covetous, they're lustful, Porn watching, tax dodging, racist, jealous, judgmental, lonely, angry people who eat too much, spend too much, drink too much, medicate too much, worry too much, smoke too much, who gather together because they believe Jesus is the light of the world and they need more light. Uh, I suggested to you that this is actually the church. As we gather here today, and if we were to take out a piece of paper and maybe write anonymously, I would might be a few areas on this list that one or more that we're struggling with today. Could be that we're lonely. We're lonely and for us to be better in this new year, What you're going to have to let go of is whatever's making you lonely. There's a group of people here. There are opportunities in a church that you don't have to be lonely. You could make some decisions and let go of what's making you lonely and invest in people. And 2019 would be better because you've let go of being lonely. You know that you're spending too much you've made some bad decisions financially and you would take some steps Sam, well I'm going to create a budget, we have tools for that, if you if you need help with that let me know we'd recommend Dave Ramsey but he would help you get your financial house in order that would be a better 2019 Well, there's an emergency fund and there's less debt and there's a more of a contentment with what God has given us already. Lots of things on this list. And yet, as we have conversations, that is is who comes together, people. Because we're tempted. We struggle. And we sometimes listen, and we sometimes don't. And my prayer for you as we begin this new year As we consider what it would be to be better, is that God would help us today by His Spirit to somehow identify what is it that you or I need to let go of? What needs to be let go of? What needs to change? What needs to change in our behavior to allow us to take better care of this temple? What would that be for you? What would make it better? this year Paul continues in verse 19 and 20 you are not your own you were bought at a price and therefore honor God with your bodies I'm feeling this as I even look at myself look at this list and I look at then honoring God with my body the behaviors, the things that I do because the Spirit of God abides in me. What can I do? Because <clears throat> this whole idea of temple, it's a game changer. There's no one here, I, I, would, I, I would suggest, I, you'd at least be in competition. If you love archaeological sites, you love uh, biblical archae- archaeology, you love to look at the temple Maybe some of you visited the temple in Jerusalem. Maybe you have, you, you love to visit historical sites. That, that is me. I love to go to Antigua. I love to visit the ruins at Cappuccinos. And I love to go in that little dome room at, where I can sing. And it may, actually makes me sound good. I love to think about, though. I love to kind of, I walk through there and I kind of smell what it would be like as they serve food. I think about what it would be like as song would lift from that room that I'm I'm trying to sing in. What would it be like to be separated from my family and be in that place? It's a sacred place. Great history. But more than that, what I understand now, what I understand from what Paul is giving me here is that the Spirit of God abides in me and that makes me then sacred this is the presence of god within me and within you it matters then how i treat you it means that it is there is sacred setting on your left and your right there is sacred setting in front of you and behind you and so it matters then how that i treat you it matters then if, if i am judgmental it matters then if i am angry It matters then if I am covetous. It matters how I live. It matters these behaviors because the Spirit of God abides in me and abides in you. So look out today and I see the presence of God. And and I'm not assuming that everyone here is following Jesus today, but I know that many of you are. And if you're following Jesus then the Spirit of God abides in you. And that makes you sacred today. More sacred than any historical temple, even one in Jerusalem. Because that's where the presence of God abides today. So I see that. And I wonder then, well, what can I do? To, how do I honor God? And I would suggest to you that we honor God by honoring those God honors. That God loves you. God abides in you. And so it matters then how I interact with you. For this to be a better year for me, I need to be a better listener. I don't want to be the one talking all the time. I want to be concerned. I want to hear your story. I want to know what God is doing in your life, what challenges you face, what victories you're celebrating, and that and that's the only way I know how to do it, if, if I'm going to actually be led in this life by the Spirit of God, trusting that He's abiding in me, trusting that He is going to lead me, and then I'm going, to, I'm going to walk with Him. I've got to be able to listen a little bit. I've got to be able to discern a little bit. And as you're speaking, allowing the Spirit of God, God, give me something that I can speak into the life of my friend. Give me some direction that I can... Be a positive influence today, and an encouragement today, one a vessel of edification today. I can only do that as I I'm, I'm walking this life, trusting that the Spirit of God is alive and well, and honoring you. My challenge, and this is me personally, is that I wanna I wanna honor. I want to honor those that God has surrounded me with, the yous that are around me. He's given me a wife that I've been married to for soon to be uh, 36 years. We get a little twisted every now and then. But I remember what it's like. I remember how I honored you, Paula, when, I was, when you were 16, 17 years old. And I, <coughs> my challenge is to honor you that same way today and in 2019 to be patient and loving I mean when she's 16 and 17 I'm putting on my best show I'm, 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 I'm here to impress in every area and not to lose sight of that not to lose track of that some of you are my friends and I, I value your friendship and I've, I've, I've known you so long Edgar Ramos I've known for 15 years I've seen him, I've seen him strong and kicking a soccer ball. Really good. And, and I've seen him lately walking slowly and, and waiting upon the Lord to bring healing to his body. And I want to listen. I want to be that kind of a friend that will listen and encourage and strengthen and build up and honor, because this is the use that God has surrounded me with. He's given me children. Children. And, and if you were to ask me my priorities, I said, well, my priorities, of course, are God and, and family and then work and, and then everything else. And yet, if I'm really honest, I know that I get that messed up sometimes. Um, we, we, we live in this day. I, I, I love the technology today. I love that I can multitask. Paula will text me sometimes and she'll say, What are you doing? And I'll just give her a thumbs up. She hates that. She hates (laughs) that. So she'll say something else to get my attention. And I'll say, well, I'm I'm triple-tasking. I'm triple-tasking and proud of it. But it it, it has dawned on me, this close of 2018, transition to 2019, that um, in spite of this wonderful... Piece of technology. I, I mean, I can triple task with the best and get a lot done. But sometimes that doesn't align with my priorities. As I'm going to honor God, and I'm going to honor those yous that He has surrounded me with. It reminded me of when I was um, a younger guy, and this is going to be my excuse for next weekend, guys. But um, I had opportunity. We were living in Florida, and. In Florida, you can play golf year-round, every day, and I have friends that play golf every day, and at that time, I had two children, two little ones, and I was working a lot, working five days a week or more, long hours, come home, and then my guy, the guys would say, hey, we're going to meet in the morning, we're going to play golf, eight o'clock in the morning, and I I did that a few times, and yes, we would tee off at eight o'clock, but the crew I was with, we took a lot of strokes, and so we ate and we ate lunch, and so it was a complete day of gone, gone. And so I felt like at that time, in that season, it wasn't that golf was bad, it was that in order for my priorities to be in line, I could not play golf on Saturday. And so I had to make an adjustment in my life. And that's how come I'm so bad at golf today. But I'm gonna, I am going to play a little next week. But I limit myself to about four times a year, usually. <laughs> I exceeded that a little bit last year. Because I'm again in a season of life where I've got little ones. And so again, that's my excuse. It'll probably carry me into eternity. That <laughs> I'm a terrible golfer. And again, not that golf is bad. It's just that the season I'm in, in order for my priorities to line up, in order for me to honor God and honor the yous that are in my very own house, I've got to change my priorities. I've got to change the way that I'm doing some things. As I closed out 2018 and and now, there's this new thing on my phone, the Apple phone. I don't know if everybody's got an iPhone, but on mine, it gives me my screen time report now. I'm down 75% screen time since November. November. I needed that. Maybe y'all don't need that, but I needed that. Because th- not only was I working, but I was also entertaining myself. I was also on social media a lot. And so I recognized that, and I deleted a few apps. And, and I saw every week as it begins to decrease. And I was spending a lot less time uh, on the screen. And I liked that. I, it was hard, though, because I was enjoying that. And it could be for you. If that's your challenge, I'm just sharing with you my challenge today. But if that was your challenge and you deleted a few apps, I now have more time to be a good listener. I now have a, more time to honor who God has surrounded me with. What is it for you? What are you holding on to that's holding you back? I think there... The way that you may need to ask that today is to do this, is to ask someone else and ask them, maybe your spouse, maybe the one you're dating, maybe a friend, but ask them and ask someone, am I holding on to something that's holding me back? Because you may sit here today and say, I I don't know how to make 2019 better. I'm doing pretty good. And it could be that you're blind to your own faults. Could be that you have blinders on today. And it could take someone else speaking into your life. Someone that you trust, someone that you would give permission to. Maybe not even all the time, but just ask them a simple question. Maybe even today. Do you see something in me? What am I holding on to that's holding me back? As we address these things, um, and we consider this today, we're going to observe communion together. And this is a time, this is an opportunity uh, to participate in what the Lord has given us. He is, He bought us with a price. We, we want to be slaves that are obedient to our master. When we consider where we're at, we consider what it is we might need to let go of. I want to invite you today to examine yourself. That is... The instructions that Paul gives us that we should examine ourselves, that we should look at where we are and what's going on in our lives. And so I want to invite our ushers, if you would, come forward and begin to distribute the elements. We have, and you may be here for the first time, this is open to you. This is not um, anything exclusive other than we, uh, this is your invitation to be part of the family of God. To walk with Jesus and to say yes to him and you can do that today for the first time because as we receive these elements you're going to as you're seated we're going to take a few minutes and I'll invite David and our band to come back up if you would help me with some music and as they play spend these next few minutes in quiet reflection holding these elements and we'll come back together once everyone's served and receive these together this is the, the body of Christ that was broken for you, the blood of Jesus, the perfect Lamb of God that takes away the sins of the world. And this is your invitation because God loves you. And God sent His Son into this world to die for all of us. And we're, um, we all have the potential to have the presence of God abiding in us and leading us in this life. I want to pray over us for a moment. As the ushers continue to distribute these elements. Heavenly Father, I thank you today. I thank you for a beautiful church. We are yours, Lord. We want to be slaves that walk in obedience, that leads to righteousness. We know that you bought us with a price that required a great sacrifice giving of your own, only Son. As we reflect in this room today, Lord, reveal to us, show us, is there anything that would separate us from you today? Make us whole, cleanse us, examine us, and Holy Spirit, do your work today. And in this message, we've asked a simple question. What are we holding on to? Maybe you'd reveal that today, Lord, in this time of reflection. Let us show us what it is we need to let go of. What would make 2019 better because of the presence of a living and holy God? In Jesus' name, amen.